Welcome to a brand new podcast series from Capita, where we'll explore how big companies can innovate to survive and grow. I'm Justine Green, and each time we'll be meeting a special business guest to hear their story and opinion on our theme. And we'll be joined by Vivette Wadois and Ishmael Amla, authors of the new book From Incremental to Exponential, How Large Companies Can See the Future and Rethink Innovation. Vivek is a technology entrepreneur and academic based in Silicon Valley. Hello, Vivek. Hi there. And Ishmael is Capita's Chief Growth Officer in London. Hello, Ishmael. Hey, Justine. Good to speak to you again. And let's meet our special guest, Ashok Vaswani, CEO of Consumer Banking and Payments at Barclays. Hello, Ashok, and welcome. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Now, Ashok, just give us an overview of your various roles at Barclays over the last 10 years. Well, Justin, I've been actually very lucky. I started out uh, in Barclays in Europe, managing payments business, and then uh, I was sent off to Africa. Turned out to be the most fascinating and defining experience of my life. I did that about for a year. I came back to run all of uh, retail banking for Barclays, then commercial banking and retail banking, and currently, I run all of consumer banking payments globally for Barclays across the US, Europe and the UK. Okay, well, it's a challenging financial time for many people and organisations at the moment. From a banking perspective, has anything been different about this crisis? My God, Justin, I thought that after 2008, 2009, you know, I'm done. No further kind of global issues and this thing, this thing comes along and it's affected, you know, every every part of life. It's obviously affected banking, finance, money in multiple different ways. Right from the way people use cash, right from the way people are adopting digital payments to how consumers are managing their balance sheets, credit behavior, right down to uh, renting versus buying homes, uh, new car purchases. In fact, there's no facet of life that finance does not touch. And therefore, there is no facet of life that, you know, we have not had to kind of think about differently. Vivek, I imagine you've watched with interest how Barclays and other banks have taken their customers on a digital journey in recent times. Yes, um, and these folks have done a great job at surviving it. But many others haven't. Many others are still trying to cling on to the old business models and assume that there's no change that's going to happen. I see this pandemic having been a full dress rehearsal for what is to come. Because if you look at China now for the future of, um, of consumer banking, well, the banks are, have become irrelevant. It's all now controlled by WeChat and digital currencies. And soon the government will step in and eat their lunch with digital currencies. In the West, we're still, we've still been very slow to adapt to these digital currencies. But next is India. If you look at what they're doing with the UPI, as they call it, the payments interface, and if, if you look at all the apps that are coming there, India is going to skip an entire generation of banking as well. So I'd love to put Ashok on the spot and have him tell us how he's going to deal with this, this next tsunami. Forget about the current one. It's the next one that um, is going to be the most interesting. Ashok? I think generally speaking, we've got to think about what role can we play in the future and how does our business model evolve? And I see our business model evolving in two different kind of directions, right? In one way, it is about the everyday consumer, and you know, you Vivek sitting in Silicon Valley see this every single day, is that the consumer is expecting convenience like never, ever, ever before. So if I'm doing my shopping 
on Amazon or whatever, suddenly when it comes to banking, you can't go to old school. You're expecting an Amazon-like experience in banking. And therefore, getting the customer experience right, getting the customer really to kind of think about things uh, and think about banking like he or she thinks about everything else is one area. So that's like one major kind of path that we've been going on. And the second path is if you really think about it, Vivek, every single company effectively now has to become a financial services company, right? Every single company has to learn how to take payments, has to afford credit, has to manage finances and stuff like that. So what is the role then a financial institution takes in that kind of environment? And if we can play to that, I think we have a new business model which can be actually quite fascinating. And Ishmael, clearly the COVID-19 pandemic has accelerated digital transformation in the financial services sector. Yeah, and if I build on what Ashok and Vivek are saying there, if you think, and Ashok talked about everybody's trying to be in financial services, trying to play a role, I think what we see over COVID is an acceleration of that. So if I think about the payment sector itself, and I was looking at 2019, there were on over 300 acquisitions and investment worth over $77 billion dollars. In the first three months of 2020, which is supposed to be the year where we had all of these crises, we've actually had more deals in that one quarter than all of 2019. So there's something going on around acceleration of owning space in financial services. There's also clearly a debt crisis about to happen, right, which is because of uh, the economy, unemployment, uh, but it's different from the previous financial crises. Because we have data, we have predictive analytics, we have behavioral analytics, there's an expectation of customer service that is very different, as Ashok describes. And I think that expectation will drive how debt management looks like in financial services. Ashok, how have Barclays been applying innovative ideas to benefit customers? What we have said is, okay, in a COVID environment, what really matters to the customer? And I can give you multiple examples, Justin, but... Let me tell you one example. If you really think about it, what have we done? We've all gone into our cocoons. Our homes have become like our cocoons. And anything that delivers into the cocoon is winning. And anything that cannot deliver into the cocoon is not winning. And therefore, how do you think about this? So, you know, obviously, very easy to imagine from a Netflix perspective, easy to imagine from an Amazon perspective. How do you think about it from financial services? Right? And how do you flip quickly to do that? Now, everyday financial services, you know, when, when you're using your card and stuff, much, much, much easier. But ultimately, when it comes to things like advice, conversations and stuff like that, how do you think about it? And those are the kinds of things that we are really thinking about. And Ashok, as Barclays marks its 330th anniversary, how does the scale of the rate of transformation into a digital bank compare with other journeys in its history? I would say, like everything else, Justin, it's just going so much faster. Look at the rate of adoption of, you know, let's say the telephone or the TV versus the internet and stuff like that. What is beautiful about this is, you know, as I think about it and I say, okay, we've been through like digital 1.0, where essentially we took a lot of our transactions, took a lot of our stuff, which we were doing in the physical world and we made it digital, right? 2.0 is what is really, really exciting. So what are the new business models that can be created because you live in a digital age? I mean, that's what gets me out of bed every morning 
and gets me excited about coming into inverted commas coming to work it's just fascinating and limits are really set in the mind okay and in recent times how much of the challenger startup banks disrupted your industry so justin it's very uh, again you know thank god the challenger banks had such an incredible opportunity to carve out a different path and the problem in the uk particularly in the uk is that there is no differentiation amongst the banks the differentiation is very low right now some people would say it's because of the regulators and obviously there is some truth to it but i still think there is an opportunity for differentiation and the challenger banks have for the most part chosen to go down the middle path right and therefore have had less of an impact than they could have had ashok um, if you look at what facebook has been trying to do with their libra currency you know they bungled it and so on but what happens when you have the next uh, big tech company introducing a digital currency apple coin i mean apple has been you know fooling around with this as well so right now you have to worry about the startups the big threat to you will come from one of the big players that does replicate wechat and that brings it to the west what do you do about that so vivek i think you're spot on right i think more dangerous than fintech and small tech the real dangerous things for us is big tech and how we deal with big tech right and so i think a lot about that and you know we've been kind of monitoring as to how big tech has been moving into financial services the one thing is very very clear is that big tech generally does not want to get into the regulated space so our ability to deal with the regulators is actually a competitive advantage we have learned how to deal with the regulators how to kind of cope with that it's not easy vivek we cannot take it for granted that every company can do this b then is how do we actually partner with big tech where we play and we say okay you know this is the regulated kind of stuff this is what we'll do this is the kind of stuff that you you do and you know what we bring complementary strengths to the table and really kind of drive that all right thanks ashok stay with us as we look at how organizations can create the right environment for innovation next Ishmael, set the scene for us in terms of how you think large companies can encourage innovation from within. Actually, in the book, we talk about four case studies of large organizations who avoided the whole of toast, as Vivek likes to call them. We talk about Walmart, Microsoft, Logitech, Nexter Energy. But actually, if you listen to what Ashok is talking about here, we could be talking about Barclays. Because what we say is big equals slow and stodgy is entirely a myth. and actually what big gives you and and Ashok sort of re- talked about that scale distribution data expertise networks brand is something actually really tough for startups to replicate what we found on our experiences and what we documented is that large organizations who do innovation and deal with disruption and change well has some key characteristics and I'll talk about two or three and I'm sure Vivek will add to that one is they just operate faster Uh, and actually there's a lot of research that McKinsey have done who just talk about how allocation of talent and capital is four times faster in large organizations who do this change really well so that's the first thing secondly the decisions are not only faster but they're bolder a couple of great examples logitech's acquisition of jaybird totally out of the blue but a different niche market that they captured we could talk about walmart and what they're talking about in terms of tiktok over the past few weeks that comes into that 
Thirdly, the decisions are powered by data and insight. Of course, you had a lot of great examples around this. Netflix using data for targeted advertising. Banks would be great examples of how they use data for really specific risk management. The one I like is McDonald's actually creating the availability of breakfast items throughout the day because it came from social listening efforts. It came from real data and insight that allowed this huge, huge organizations to create a new product offering. The other thing, which is you know, which I, I was very impressed at, and what Ashok said was his enthusiasm. You could see his eyes lighting up as he talked about waking up every morning and and you know taking these startups. He talked when he talked about innovation, he personalized it. Unless CEOs can do that, their companies are going to be toast. So Ashok, when it comes to fostering an innovative environment in the business, what's your personal view of the right way and wrong way to do this? See, Justin, I think if there's one thing I've learned. And I think uh, Vivek and Ismail have covered in the book that it's all about culture. Every company is spending a lot of money on technology, right? And some of the statistics you hear or read is like incredible. How do you create a culture and a mindset shift in the organization? And this is how, you know, the message that I go around giving to my team at Barclays, right? What I tell my team is, look, don't be worried about technology. You have to embrace technology. The reason you got to embrace technology is not because of the company. Forget about the company for the time being. But you think about your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, whoever. And they are on all kinds of things. They're on, you know, Instagram, they're on WhatsApp, they're on Facebook. Look, the etiquette for these platforms has not been written. There is no delete button on social media. Your nephew, your niece could be having just that one extra beer on a Friday evening takes one wrong photograph and that photograph is never going to leave, never going to be deleted. Now that's a scary thought. Who is going to teach your niece or your nephew not to do that? And looking at the relationship between the incumbents and the entrepreneurs, tell us about Barclays approach to startups. Justin, we are paranoid about everybody. I think about everybody. I worry about everybody. So I look every Literally Fridays, I keep open to meet all kinds of people because that's how we get the great ideas. Now, it's one thing to see a great idea. It's another thing to be able to implement the great idea and integrate. And if you're going to do it at scale, look, big companies don't do hobbies well. You need to take one or two or three or four big things and then go at it. You experiment and you do a lot of R&D, but you go big on three or four big things and, you know, go for it. And tell us about your Eagle Lab farm. It is in my interest that my corporate clients do well. It is in my interest that my business banking clients do well. So how do I help them, right? And therefore, we set up these Eagle Labs. And Eagle Labs, frankly, we were shutting down branches. We had no footfall. We converted some of these uh, branches into what we call Eagle Labs. We put in a bunch of uh, laser cutter, 3D printers, created an innovative environment, no banking transactions, where companies could come, use this as a maker space, use this as an innovation center and stuff like that. And that really took off. And then we said, okay, why don't we make it specific to an industry, right? And in the UK, you've got about 15 industries for which we've got competitive advantage, agriculture being one. And that's how this thing came about in collaboration with the University of Lincoln. Right. And the things, Justin, just visit one of them, please. The kind of people you'll meet, it will make your day. 
the kind of things you are working on the kind of things you are doing the ingenuity the the energy my god any time i feel down that's where i go to and now when you see trends emerging in the market how do you decide whether to back them and invest or not to dip your toe in the water so justin i've got enough scars on my back uh, <laughs> i've made enough mistakes the thing is that you got to learn you kind of try and experiment usually you never get it right the first time at least if i was to tell you i had a master plan i wouldn't be entirely telling you the truth right i knew what needed to get done and we pushed ahead we made mistakes we moved ahead the thing is to be never to fall in love with your thoughts listen 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 to what your customers are saying every time we've done something where the journey has been fantastic the customer has taken it up without us even needing to market it every time the customer doesn't take it up i tell my team there's something we've done wrong we've done this wrong rethink this now vivek and ishmael do you think that legacy companies like barclays could do better at spotting innovative trends earlier yeah they surely can uh, but you know uh, what ashok said about going into the labs and seeing the excitement i haven't heard any other ceo speaking like this actually let me take that back next era ceo jim robo he launched a, a lab and i know how excited they are about what they're already seeing in their lab so but this is a rare breed of ceo vivek what i tell my team is that in the good old days i used to have a lunch box you used to have a lunch box you ate out of your lunch box i ate out of my lunch box and everybody was happy today if i'm not eating out of somebody else's lunch box be very careful because somebody surely is eating out of your lunch box so now you better figure out whose lunch box you want to eat out of because somebody is eating your lunch for sure i think building on the lunch box analogy i think away from the lab i think where the innovation might be interesting is around the marketplace and platform technologies what role does the bank play in that is the bank the platform itself or the marketplace I think there's lots of opportunities around business model innovation and and uh, Ashok already mentioned that in the context of payments where does one industry end and another industry starts and you know what does the future business model look like and will it be stable for any period of time I don't know So looking ahead let's ask all three of you is this innovation fueled rate of change we've been seeing in the financial services sector set to continue at this accelerated pace Oh no, it's only going to speed up. Like as I've said many times that the coronavirus pandemic was just a dress rehearsal. We're going to see more change over the next decade than we've seen in the past 100 years and everything accelerating because you have a number of exponential technologies, everything from computing sensors, AI, you know, synthetic biology, robotics advancing exponentially and they're converging. When technologies converge, they wipe out entire industries and create new ones. The question is, how can you benefit from that? And that's the key lesson to be learned here. I think if you think about, I mean, it's really exciting, and I think it is absolutely going to be accelerated. If you think about cashless payment landscape, if you think about what the data and the availability of it mean for insurance, if you think about alternative lending models, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, what does that mean for the changing role of lending players? I mean. all of it leads to more change and i think it's going to be hugely accelerated and really re- i mean really exciting for somebody in the industry like ashok and barclays a very very smart man showed me a chart which he basically said that if you thought 2019 was a year of unprecedented change 2019 is going to be the slowest year of change in the next decade this thing is only going to speed up faster and faster and faster i have no doubt we are on a treadmill and the treadmill is kind of being 
you know, cranked up every single day. But you know what? We are getting smarter at it every day. We are learning a lot. And uh, hey, we are ready for the race, right? Ashok, have there been any lessons learned from how people's perceptions of Barclays change because of its application of innovative ideas? So, uh, Justin, that's actually a very, very interesting question, right? So if you look at, let's say, the rankings, NPS, you know, whatever metric that you choose of our 11 million customers who are on our mobile banking app, for example, and they come to us 280, 300 million times a month, 280 to 300 million times a month, right? And you hear from them and the NPSs are like off the charts and stuff like that. Yet there are a bunch of people who say, you know what, I'm scared about security, who say, why can't you kind of do this? Or why can't, why does it not work that way? And what's really important is, how do you figure out what works for whom? And if it's not working for a very, very important segment of society, we've got to find a way to make it work. This time around, every time there has been a big revolution, whether you think about the agricultural revolution, industrial revolution, whatever, there's always been a huge section of society that's been left behind. This time around, we've got to make sure that we don't leave people behind. And we've got to make sure that we go into a more equal and a fair world. Ashok, it's been great having you on the podcast. Many thanks for joining us. Thank you, Justin. It's been fantastic being with you. And thank you for this opportunity. Well, that's it for this edition. But do subscribe to our series wherever you get your podcasts so you won't miss an episode. We'll be back soon with another special business guest. Until then, from me, Justine Green, Vivek, Ishmael and Ashok, it's goodbye. The Incremental to Exponential podcast. Back soon.